Who's ready for our first live staff mock draft of the 2024 draft season? All 32 first-round picks coming up next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Everyone and welcome to tonight's special edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host Brian Bosarge, joined as always by my co-host Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 112 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, 26 seconds away from the 2024 NFL Draft. And look, we are to the final week of the NFL season, so it is it's draft time for most of the fans out there, and that's why we're we're doing the staff mock, my favorite show every year. I'm excited to do it this week. Yeah, we're going to do multiples of these going through the process uh, throughout the rest of the way because, they're one, they're just fun to do. And it, and it gives you different voices to see how different scenarios can break out. I mean, somebody's going to make a weird pick tonight. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to happen, and it's going to bust up, you know, the rest of the first round, and it's going to change things up the way the way others have to react. And it's always fun to kind of see how that, how that goes. But you mentioned the NFL season one week away from the playoffs. Next week, we're four four weeks from yesterday, the first Senior Bowl practice gets started. Big time of the year here for Draft Countdown. So we're, we're right in the middle of draft season. And as Shane said off the air, only one of our favorite teams is eliminated from playoff contention. So it is officially draft season for me, no doubt, as the Bengals were eliminated from the playoffs this week. But more on them later. So Shane, uh, we're going to have a lot of probably new people to the show tonight. So if you are new to us on YouTube, Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you get notified live, like the videos, all that good stuff. Um, if you are on Twitter, they're following us along, come to YouTube, subscribe to the channel as well. Lots of good stuff there. Subscribe to Draft Countdown on Twitter as well. That That's the way to go. And if you're following along Facebook, same thing. Just share this stuff out, man. It, it's great. So uh, we mentioned this is going to be a staff mock draft tonight, which means I'm going to lay out, Shane. I'm just going to play uh, – I'm going to play uh, – who, who's the draft host now? Is not a – used to be Berman. I'm not sure who it is. I can't remember who it is now on ESPN. I'm the Rich Eisen of this show tonight. I'm just going to be passing it along to all of our experts here making the picks, starting with you, Shane. You'll be, uh, you'll be making picks. But also the legend himself, Pigskin Paul, going to be making picks here tonight. And uh, – Paul, man, uh, glad to have you on tonight. Glad to have you aboard with Draft Countdown this year. Thank you. It's good to be with you guys. I appreciate it. And that also, we bring in Brad Menendez, 
constant contributor here, handling the social side of uh, draft countdown this year, uh, doing draft draft writing for us as well. Brad, uh, glad to have you on here tonight. Always glad to be here, and let's see if I can make somebody mad tonight. That's always I, my hope. That's the goal, right? That's the goal crazy. is to just make somebody mad, especially if you got the draft order wrong on your mock draft. Now, not not you know naming no names or anything, but uh, we won't know. call Shane out or anything. We we won't do that. I will spot some people on Twitter this week. So, <laughs> and, and last but not least is our NFL contributor here at Draft Countdown, Miranda Wilhelm. Miranda, we're so glad to have you on here tonight making some picks, too. I can't believe it's been a year since, you know, right around the time we did our first last year. It's it's insane. Like Shane said, it, I mean, how we're in the last week, it's nuts. It, it's going to get that way. And uh, so let's, let's, let's dive right into this, and let's go to the first pick of the draft. And that is officially locked in. The Chicago Bears are going to pick first. And Shane, uh, you're going to pick twice for Chicago here in the top 10. A lot of scenarios that can play out here. I, I'm actually thinking it's trade now. I, if I had uh, January 3rd, I'm, I'm on trade the pick. I know that's not where you're going to go here, Shane. But so with pick one here, the Chicago Bears from the Carolina Panthers. This is not a good trade, looking like a good trade for the Panthers now, is it? But uh, Chicago's here at one. Who, who are we going with, Shane? Yeah, well, look, I think that is the, the question that's going to be asked is, do you keep Justin Fields and trade this pick for a ton, or do you draft uh, the best quarterback in the draft? Like, Chicago had this option last year. They traded the pick for a, a ton of, of goods, including DJ Moore, who was very successful for them. But it's been two years in a row, Justin Fields and the offense have started super slow and pretty poorly and then turned it on the last couple of weeks to give you hope. Um, to me, I really don't think it's a question. Last year, I think it was a question. This year, I don't think it should be a question because if you are keeping Justin Fields, then you have to pay him pretty much as a top 10 quarterback almost in a year, if not right now, uh, where you can reset the clock, you can move him, for a pick and if the rumors that he that he's worth a you know a team will trade a second round pick or a third round pick for him then he's not good enough to be your franchise quarterback that's all teams willing to give up for justin fields like that's all you need to know uh so i i like justin fields he's one of my top 20 rated quarterbacks of all time but i, I think the chicago bears are going to select caleb williams the quarterback from usc he is the number one pick in this draft i think no matter who has ends up with the pick It'll be Caleb Williams here, and I think Chicago should do the right thing and should select Caleb Williams uh, and add more draft capital and uh, build around him. Anybody want to re re refute his statement here? I mean, I, I I'm on team trade the pick because I think Justin Fields is their quarterback. I mean, you you listen to the guys in the building, the players are gravitating towards him. He seems like he's a leader in the locker room. Like I would say they should trade the pick, but I understand the whole, you know, if you reset the clock with a rookie, it keeps going, but are they going to win with Caleb Williams? Like they have been doing with Justin Fields, maybe, but does Caleb Williams maybe take some time to develop? Maybe needs a little bit of time. I don't I, For me, I'm like, why don't you just go take a receiver and get him another weapon? Cause 
DJ Moore's great, but after DJ Moore, they need help. So I, I would I would either take Marvin Harrison or trade the pick, but I totally understand where Shane's coming from. And so does Shit. the chat. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, Shane, what's a, what is the uh, trade? What does the trade look like here? Is it is it bigger than last year? I, I think it has to be, right? I, I think it's pretty clear that Caleb Williams is uh, the better prospect compared to Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Um, so I, th I think if you're the Bears, you're going to require more than what came in last year, no pun intended. I, I think you need multiple first-rounders. I think they would definitely want, if they're going to keep Justin Fields, I think you're going to want a veteran player who could step in right now in a position of need as well. Last year's D.J. Moore. You know, they, they, they gave a pick for Montez Sweat. Uh, so we'll see what that position, maybe an edge rusher, maybe it's an offensive lineman, uh, maybe it's, it's another receiver like Brad said, but I, I think it would require a similar package, maybe a touch more. All right. Well, let's move on. And Mr. Brad Menendez, you are now on the clock with the suddenly failing Washington commanders who are now, they're all in on a quarterback now, right? We've been Sam Howell. We're Tried to start Jacoby Brissett, but we got to start Sam Howell again. What are you doing here at pick two with the commanders? First and foremost, it's crazy how far Sam Howell's fallen. Like, I loved Sam Howell in college. I thought he really projected well into the NFL, but it does not look good. Um, I am all in on the quarterback train, but for me, it's are they going to be in with a new coaching staff? Like, who is that new coaching staff, and what kind of quarterback are they going to look for? For me, I'm going traits. And, and tools over somebody that could be taken. Like a lot of folks are excited about Drake May, but I'm going Jaden Daniels. The Heisman Trophy winner has had a crazy 2023 season. I'm also seeing, doing this pick to see if we can get rile up anybody in the chats, but I like Jaden Daniels. You know, 23 years old. It looks like he'll probably run somewhere around four or five. I mean, he's got the speed, got the big arm. It's very live. I mean, obviously you can poke holes in his game. There is some development that needs to happen with him, but I think he projects – to be one of those dual threat quarterbacks that if you get the enemy or whoever they're going to bring in as their head coach, I mean, the kid could be in any scheme. He can move around. He can throw. I mean, you saw some throws that looked a bit crazy, but you also saw some throws where he was off platform and it looked, I mean, the arm was still live. So I'm excited about Jane Daniels at the next level. And if you bring, take him to a team like Washington who already has receivers, I mean, they've got a good receiving core, Dotson, McLaren, They've got a couple of tight ends that are aging, but maybe they grab another tight end, so he's got that blanket in the middle. I mean, this could be a high-powered offense already. The line is not terrible. So give me Jaden Daniels, and let's turn this team around. I like the pick of Jaden Daniels. I've moved Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May on my quarterback board from three to two. Uh, to me, and it's not going to hurt Jaden Daniels, the fact that Lamar Jackson is all of a sudden back in the top of everybody's head right now with the MVP performance he's putting on this season for the Ravens. And if you had to compare Daniels to a quarterback prospect in the NFL right now, it's probably Jackson, right? Easily. So it's, it's a good pick for me for Washington and that's the direction they seem to be going. Now a team who's not used to picking this high is the new England Patriots. And, Paul, you're up here with the Pats, and I wonder if Bill Belichick's making this selection. If he's not, 
I mean, are we completely starting over here for New England? What, what are we doing at pick three? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I have spent decades because I was from New England, so the Patriots were my team back in the day. Um, and I've been trying to figure out what Belichick does from year to year in the draft. And I got I got a feeling it's not going to matter. Um, I think it'll be somebody else doing the grocery shopping, as Mr. Parcells used to say. Um, they need a quarterback. But I think even more than a quarterback, when I watch some of their games, they they can't block anybody. Their offensive line is horrendous. Now, I expect a heck of a lot of trades up at the top of this draft. And if I were the Patriots, I would trade, trying not to go back out of the top 10 or 12 and pick up at least two extra picks. But since we can't trade, I am going to be the first guy to go, huh? I'm taking Joe Alt, starting left tackle from Notre Dame. They haven't had a good left tackle since Nate Solder got cancer and his career kind of washed out and he went to the Giants. So, again, this is probably with pick 10, but I'm still going to go with Joe Alt. They need the line really bad. Shane, I know you're a big Joe Alt fan. Uh, is, is three too high? And do you take him over for Shanov? I, I think I think the Patriots would. I, I'm kind of with Paul. I think the Patriots, if if Bill Belichick is still there, they're running the same scheme. I think Joe Alt does fit better than Fashanu for them. I think it depends on the team. Um, you know, and, and as Paul said, if they move down, I think Alt is definitely a target. But sitting at three, you can't trot Bailey Zappi out there. Just so you can get a new left tackle. Sorry, like you can't, you can't do it. Uh, and and the, you don't get this golden opportunity to pick top three very often. Well, the good news is I think Paul's gonna uh, probably take Drake May off our hands here uh, two picks from now, but uh, not not with pick three in New England. So uh, we'll, we'll 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 see. Joe Alt the pick here for the Pats at pick three. Now up pick four. Miranda, your first time on the clock tonight, and it's the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think we're looking at a quarterback here with, with uh, Kyler Murray here. What are we looking at in the desert? I think, you know, he just returned not very long ago from injury. They've got a new coach. Uh, you know, my first thought is it's it's got to either be some protection for Murray because Lord knows that they don't want the same scenario to happen again, or he need to load him up with weapons. He really doesn't have a ton. I think this is a pretty obvious pick, but I got to go Marvin Harrison. There you go. Give Kyler, give Kyler a guy. Good job. I'm with you here, Miranda. Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, Shane, where is he going to rank in your all-time receiver rank uh, board here? He's right now. He's in that kind of AJ Green, Julio Jones place. I, I think he profiles similarly to me to, to AJ Green, who you know both those guys rock solid studs from day one. Julio Jones just caught two touchdowns last week, uh, still. So um, I, you know, I think Harrison's going to be in the close to the top five all time for me with how it's trending right now. We'll see how the workouts are, but yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I saw Joe Goodberry going back and forth with some people about because of Ben Harrison Jr. being compared to AJ Green, and people were slandering it. Like, how dare you not compare him to? Ray? It's like y'all need to go back and watch how good AJ Green was. People, I mean, I know the Bengals were not the best at during most of his time there, but Jesus Christ, AJ Green was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So great pick there for Arizona, Miranda. Good job. Now, Paul. Yes. New York Giants, pick five. Oh, easy, given what's transpired. I don't know how they're going to work out the money and the cap, given the amount that they committed already last year or this early this year to Jones. But uh, Drake May, University of North Carolina. Um, I Now, personally, I would say – He's already had a better career in college than Jones ever had in college. So I, I don't have much qualm. As long as, as long as you're still of the mode that you're going to get a quarterback that's pretty much a pocket passer, you're not Lamar Jackson, but it, it has to be. It has to be. It would have to be in this spot, Drake May. Huh? Yeah, 100% right here. Drake Mays the pick. The cap is a myth, so that doesn't matter. They'll figure that out. But, uh, you know, the money the money's real. You, Daniel Jones is not uh, – I don't think Daniel Jones is a top 20 or top 15 NFL quarterback. I just don't. There's no way. And if you got a chance to get Drake May in there and, you know, He's got some. He's got some warts. Don't get me wrong, but those are nowhere near. And I'm. I'm glad, Shane. We can go back to a world where Tommy DeVito's not good. I'm just glad we're back there because that was a rough couple of weeks for the brand there for us. <laughs> you better watch your mouth slandering the man. Well, his agent true. will come after you. He's, he's not at the door. His, you know? his agent will yeah. get the mob after. <laughs> that's that's true. I didn't I didn't th- I didn't think about that. I don't want to say a, a horse head in my bed or anything anytime soon. I better better stop. No All New right. York City vacations for the uh, Bosarge family anytime soon. <laughs> no, uh, no, probably not. All right. So that brings up Brad and the Los Angeles Chargers. We've already started over here. Tom Telesco, GM, gone. Head coach Brandon Staley gone. We've got Justin Herbert and a whole lot of over the cap. So, what are we? Are, are, me and Shane, we we talked. Me and Brad, me and you talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. Me and Shane talked about it briefly last week. This feels like a just complete tear down outside of Justin Herbert, right? So, what? Who is piece number two you're putting with Justin Herbert? Well, a guy that really should have been named already, right? Like easily the best edge rusher in this class, Leatu Latu from UCLA. I mean, because they're going to have to shed some cap, they're going to have to get rid of some of these edge rushers, some of these guys on the line in the defense. You're going to have to do something. So bring it in with a young guy who – and – Right, we don't know exactly what the next regime is going to look like. So, are they going to keep a, a three-four front? Are they going to do more four-three stuff? I mean, Latu gives you some freedom where I think you could utilize them in a lot of different ways along the formation. Uh, and, and and in my mind, it's you build from the trenches, right? They've spent a bunch on the offensive line in the drafts over the last few years. So, I looked at the defensive line. Here, you could see offensive line as well. It wouldn't surprise me if they want to keep trying to find ways to build that up, but. Because they did Slater and some of these other pieces here recently, I looked to the defensive line, which 
will work out for the next team that I'll be drafting for because they need offensive line help. So it works out both ways. Hey, I don't agree with this. I don't disagree with this pick. I didn't say that correctly. But, you know, <laughs> I think medically speaking, this is a heck of a gamble on Latu, who retired from football three, three years ago because of a neck and spinal issue. Man, he's going to have to have an A-plus medical report coming out of the combine to, to go even in the first round. So I hear you, Brad. If he was, if you knew for sure it wouldn't come back up, absolutely. But, yeah. man. And it would, and, and you could you could tell me whichever of the top edge rushers would be their guy, you know, because Jared Verse is my favorite edge in this class, has been for a while, but it, at least from what I've observed from the outside looking in, it seems like everybody is sliding him down a little bit. I'm not entirely sure why. I really still like what he brings. Um, and, and Chop Robinson, those are kind of the three guys that I that I thought about. What what would they do? Um, if healthy, you're absolutely right, Paul. Latu is is a big question mark, but if he's healthy, I mean, we've seen what he can do, so yeah. that's why I went with him. But I'm 100 yeah, no, with I, you. I, I understand completely. If he doesn't check out, he will. They'll check him out of the first round. Yeah, I've been on the Latu train all season, so <laughs> I, I, I love the pick. I the I, I get the concerns about the neck. Uh, Shane, quick, quick, on Latu. Um, had somebody bring up the other day: is the lack of the prototype size a question for Latu? I feel like for edge rushers at this point, we, we've gotten away from needing that per se. Like it's nice to have the the big Miles Garrett type, but I don't think you need it anymore. There's so many different uh, multifaceted defensive schemes. Guys standing up, rushing the passer. You know, I feel like Von Miller kicked off this ability to have a very different type of edge rusher. We have a, a number of them in this class that I think are, are, are great. So I, I don't think it's going to be a problem for Latu. Uh, like Brad said, we'll see what defense the Chargers run. But um, I think you find a way to get a guy like that on the field and the best position to win. Can't argue his production this year. That's for sure. All right, Brad, back on the clock. Pick seven, Tennessee Titans. This team feels weird. I don't. I don't know. Make it make sense. I mean, it doesn't feel. It is weird, and it's. You never know what they're going to do, right? Like they've drafted receivers early. They've drafted offensive linemen early. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they. I mean, if there was a running back in this class with Derrick Henry getting older, it wouldn't surprise me if they took a running back. There isn't one to take. This offensive line needs to get better. I know they took Duncan last year, and and they're still hopeful that he can develop into something. Um, they've taken uh, Skaronsky as well, who's a great interior lineman, but they still need some help. And we've left the best tackle in, or arguably the best tackle in the draft here. So I'm going to go for Shanu because they'll figure out what to do with him, right? Whether they slide Dillard over to the right side or Dillard just becomes depth rotational. Like, I mean, Fashanu's just so good. You got to have him on this, on this roster because Will Levis needs all the protection he can get. He needs time to be able to read and react to that def uh, to what the defense is throwing at him because he's young and still isn't, you know, I mean, he's going to need time to develop. If they believe that Will Levis is their future, I don't know if the jury's out on that yet or not, but, you know, you got to give him the best protection you can. Uh, and, and arguably it's too early to go with the next good receiver in this class, so I went with the offensive lineman. You could go defensive lineman here as well. I wouldn't be shocked, but I like their defensive lineman. I mean, They've had injuries this year, which have kind of hurt them, but 
I think the offensive line needs the most attention still. For the record, I don't think it's too early to go with the next wide receiver, but I do love Olu Fashano as well. I, he's tackle one for me in this class. I have no problem with the pick here to Tennessee. I there's the the you could make an argument that quarterback is I think out of play here this high uh, with with the next two that would come up that potentially could come up later tonight. So we'll see. All right, Miranda. Your favorite, uh, your second favorite team with your, you know, favorite quarterback in the world, the New York Jets. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I guess he'll be back next year, right? So we'll we'll see uh, what the Jets do here at pick eight to build around the uh, the potential lawsuit here of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's supposed to be back already. He was listening to Dolphin Sex. I don't know. He's he didn't. It didn't work. I hey, I'm just listening to what he says on McAfee. Um, I will take everything Brad said and just apply it to the Jets. I, that's the exact train of thought I have right now. You have this 40-year-old, you know, quarterback coming off of a pretty awful injury. Their offensive line is just horrific. Part of me, also their receiving core is, you know, all the New York Packers that he brought over are not making things happen. I, you took Fashadu, which is fine. I am going to go with Latham out of Alabama. Um, I still think he's going to strengthen this line greatly. Uh, dominant at the point of attack. Let's, let's just, let's do that. Latham officially declared for the draft today, so he is in right tackle only, right, Brad? So is is that an issue here in New York, or are both their tackles so bad that Latham just slots in and we're okay? Well, I think I think what you run into is they're going to then – it gives them the flexibility to go, okay, whichever one of you sucks less, we're going to play you on the other side, right? Like, I mean, they've spent so much draft capital on the offensive line, they have to try to figure out what they're – what they can do and unfortunately we've learned that they have to protect them i mean you have to give them better protection the interior i think is okay for now they can make do but you have to get those edges set and latham i can't argue marine on this pick i mean latham is just he's a force sucks that they probably can't play him on the left side because i don't think he could handle the speed coming off that side like he can on the right side but i'm perfectly fine with latham here i mean if you told me neighbors or an edge rusher here, I would have probably said I'd wait. So offensive line is like the next, in my mind, the next biggest thing. Hey, oh, what let's if be they, honest. They know, should go quarterback. What if they bring over Bakhtiari, who's a left tackle? <laughs> you never know. You, you know that Aaron Rodgers is calling all his friends from Green Bay. You know, he's a GM. Shay, is it too early for a Marius Mims? No, I mean, I think all these offensive tackles are kind of in this lump. Like, there's going to be another offensive tackle taken in the top 10. I think J.C. Latham, you know, Miranda's pick here is probably the best one. I think he could play left tackle. I mean, at this point, right tackle and left tackle, like the, the movement from one side to the other is a tough transition. But I, I don't think it's any difficult – more difficult to go from left tackle to right tackle, which we've seen Broderick Jones do, et cetera. Um, so I, I think Latham could do it if that's what the Jets wanted. Um, and, you know, Carter Warren played on the left side in college as well. So 
I think I yeah, I think Jets best offensive lineman available is probably probably is the best direction. So I agree with what she did. All right, I like it. All right. JC Latham pick eight to the Jets. Pigskin Paul now back up here with the Atlanta Falcons. Um fantasy owners everywhere want Arthur Smith to go, but he's probably not going anywhere. So we're gonna have to deal with that. So is there an offensive skill player he can kill fantasy value for here at pick nine? Well, I I tell you what, I would lean that way, but clearly if Arthur Smith is coming back, or even if it's a new guy, uh, if they're already so sour on Ritter that they're willing to put in an eight-year career backup in the NFL as their quarterback to finish out the season, I think it's Michael Penix time. There it is. There was the pick. I told you it was coming, everybody. I told you. Somebody was going to do it. And Michael Penix, the quarterback from Washington, I got to tell you, after that game uh, Monday night, there's probably a lot of casuals out there that's all about this pick, Shane. Um, I, I know this is going to be too hot for you, but pick nine, Michael Penix, talk to me. Well, it's definitely too high for me. Like, I, I wouldn't pick Michael Penix at nine if I was the, the GM of, uh, you know, of, of any team. But if he plays like he did against Texas, against Michigan, then this is probably happening, right, at some point. Um, I, I think the lack of mobility – I don't think – Arthur Smith – if Arthur Smith's the coach, he's not taking Michael Penix because Arthur Smith likes that movement ability. Michael Penix doesn't have it. And, you know, he wants a Desmond, he wants Marcus Mariota, right? He wants someone that can move around. Um, if it's not Arthur Smith, then I, I think it, it could be a much better fit with the weapons that they have. Michael Penix can throw it up to Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I mean, he, he can do that. We've seen him do that. So I I think it's going to be a big debate. Like, the hype's going to be there for Penix to be a top 12 pick. I was considering him a 12 with the Minnesota Vikings. To be honest, I think that's probably the best fit for Penix uh, with Kevin O'Connell. Um, but I, it, it could be one of those things like Will Levis where we get hyped up and then draft day comes and, Pen and Penix is there in the 20s and the 30s. And we're like, oh, wait, you know, I think we could see stuff like that happen. It, it's come up with others, but the issue with Penix, right, is the double sur – he's got surgery on both knees, correct? Yeah. Two ACLs, yeah. Both Two ACLs, knees. both knees, and he's 24, right? or it will be 24 is rookie season. So age, the knees, the the knees, basically the calls for his mobility. Now he can still move in the pocket. We're not saying he's completely statuesque out there. He showed that against Texas. But it's not like Bo – comparing him to Bo Nix, I think the athleticism is different there. Um, so – and definitely he doesn't have the same athleticism as the quarterbacks who have already gone ahead of him. So – I, I like Michael Penix as a quarterback. Nine's a bit rich for me, but uh, we'll see. Crazier things have happened. All right, Shane, back on the clock here. Chicago Bears, we've taken Caleb Williams at one. What are we pairing with him here at 10? It's a tough choice. I think the board has fallen pretty well for Chicago. I know, Brian, you and I both would. If I, we were them, you know, one of the two offensive tackles fell, we'd take them. That didn't happen. I'm not sure that Chicago would do it anyway. 
Um, so to me, this comes down to wide receiver, like Brad talked about. I think Malik Neighbors, uh, the wide receiver from LSU, is well worth this selection for the Bears. They want to pair him with DJ Moore. Uh, but I, I, I think they need an elite edge rusher to pair with Montez Sweat, someone that can stand up, that can rush off the edge. So I'm going to take Dallas Turner, the edge rusher out of Alabama. I think he's a slightly better fit for the Chicago Bears defense than Jared Verse out of Florida State is. Um, and, and Turner from Alabama, just that that freak athlete who can get penetration, dip low. You know, I love the pad level. I love the explosion. This Bears defense has been a, a top five defense over the past uh, seven weeks or so. You add one more pass rusher, and, and that, this could be the most one of the most dangerous units in the NFC. Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely going to come down to how defensive staffs view these two defensive ends, right, or these two edge rushers. Jared Verse is going to be that more straight ahead at you attacking style, just run through the tackle, kill the quarterback, whereas Turner is going to be a bit more finesse, bend around the edge, both great at what they do. Um, and I think they're both top 15 picks in this draft class. Turner's been coming on, though, here lately and officially entered the draft, uh, like, immediately after the, uh, the Rose Bowl the other day. That was pretty hilarious, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, so Dallas Turner, uh, the pick here, pick 10 for the Bears. I like it. Personally, me, I probably would have went with neighbors here. So, I, I, but I don't think you can go wrong either way. All right. Paul, back on the clock. Las Vegas, the Raiders. We don't know the combine numbers yet. We don't know who ran the fastest 40, so you don't have that cheat sheet in front of you to see who to, who to draft for the Raiders here. Not yet. But I, but I think we're going to – now, this would have been another team that when you look at the roster, you might want to be thinking quarterback. I don't, I don't think Aiden is exactly going to be the long-term answer for them. He's been decent, but but I don't think quarterbacks in play here. Um, I still think, despite dabbling here and there, they really still have not fixed their secondary, in my opinion. I see a lot of games I watch with the Raiders, they get burned and they get burned deep late in the game and end up in a tie or losing it. So I'm going to go with a lot of potential. Kind of a hot dog, but that fits the Raiders. Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Miranda, I presume this is somebody you were targeting uh, or, or hoping would fall down the board there a little bit, but uh, obviously he wasn't going to fall to 19, Miranda. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. I knew it. Um. While I'm th well, Shane, bring you back in here talking about the Raiders. I know we're not doing trades tonight, but are the Raiders a team that you could see as being one of the ones that would target a move up for a quarterback in this draft? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think any team kind of picking in the top 15 that needs one, I think the next three teams uh, on the board, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Saints are, are all teams that can move up for a quarterback. There's so many needy teams. Um, but I, I think the Raiders have some of that ammo. We, you know, we've seen under Antonio Pierce then perform a little bit better. You know, as Paul said, I think the roster looks bad on paper, but has played better 
then they, they look some, so, you know, maybe you feel like maybe we can give up the assets and get a quarterback. Um, so I, I think it could be them. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you, I bring this up because I've got one of them big red circles and Sharpie with a string, new Orleans, our man, our man, Mickey Loomis will make a trade Shane. You know, he will, <laughs> you, you know, what's going to happen. All right. Great. Credit card, Mickey. Credit card, Mickey. That's, that's I love it. All right, Shane, you're on the clock now. Back to back here with the Minnesota Vikings and then the Saints. But we'll start with the Vikings here. Uh, or is Kirk Cousins done? Are we are we done with Cousins? If we are, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know, I I don't know if they're done with Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think the negotiation is going to happen. It's just. Are the Vikings willing to pay maybe what another team would pay for Kirk Cousins? I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. Um, so, you know, at this point, quarterback could definitely be a need. I think with Michael Penix off the board, I don't think there's a quarterback worth taking at 12 um, here for the Vikings that really fit them. And, and that means remaking this defense. And the Vikings have a lot of big names up for big deals, and they're not going to be able to sign them all. And Donnell Hunter is probably a guy on the outside looking in in terms of getting that big deal from the Vikings. And that means they need pass rush real quick. So uh, at 12 for the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to select Jared Verse, the edge rusher out of Florida State, to kind of replace Danell Hunter in the lineup and get that edge for a defense that's been wholly inconsistent this year. Zimmer was still in charge there. This is a almost – Mirror prototype here. Zimmer, defensive end. Jared Verse, love the pick. Uh, love the fit in Minnesota there. I, I, I like it. Uh, yeah, I just we can't just take quarterbacks everywhere with everybody that needs them here. We, we've, we, we're running out uh, slowly. Uh, that well's running dry. But uh, Shane, back on the clock here with, as Paul has aptly called him, credit card Mickey. Our favorite whipping boy on the podcast. Uh, what, what are we looking at here in New Orleans? Another team that needs a quarterback because Derek Carr ain't it, man. And uh, I don't know. I'd have played Jameis by now if I was him. But like, look, Derek Carr's had a couple good weeks here at the end. So uh, you know, he, he he might be he might be playoff Derek Carr in in a little bit. Saints, and that is true. Saints, Saints have multiple paths to the playoffs this week. They can get in if Green if they win against Atlanta. Green Bay and Seattle both lose. The Saints get in as a wild card. If they win, Carolina beats Tampa Bay. The Saints go from picking potentially as high as ninth to it making the playoffs as the division champion. So wild to think about. But um, currently projected eighty seven million over the cap next year. So <laughs> where, where are we at here with the Saints? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think. I think it's a tough board for what the Saints really need. Like, there's a lot of good pass catchers that are left. I think this is a great spot. I don't think that's going to be the highest priority for Mickey Loomis and the Saints. You know, they could use another receiver or a stud tight end. I don't think it's what they're going to do. Um, they could definitely use an edge rusher. We talked about that on the show, Brian. With the top three off the board, I'm not wholly convinced. Chop Robinson from Penn State. I think he could be worth this pick. I'm not sure he's a fit for the Saints. So we saw them with big, 
uh, two years ago in the first round on Trevor Penning. And I think that ship has sailed. And now they need a left tackle again pretty badly. And Mickey Loomis would just take one, right? I mean, he, he doesn't care. So at 13, the New Orleans Saints will select Marius Mims offensive tackle out of Georgia. Mickey Loomis traded Jordan Davis for Trevor Penning. That that he did, and he that, that I mean the, the fact that he, they wouldn't even play Trevor Penning. I mean they had injuries. There's no reason not to play Trevor Penning. They're like he has to sit on the bench since he's that bad is a problem when your first round pick from two years ago was that you know that atrocious. God, I hate that so bad. I love Trevor Penning. It's a prospect. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sucks. It sucks so bad that he has failed. All right. Brad Menendez back up now. And the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, they I, I, they were playoff contenders there for a little bit, but now they're not. They're eliminated from the playoffs. So what are we looking here to add in Denver? Uh, Russ ain't cooking no more. I know that. Sounds like he's going to be uh, cooking at a McDonald's here soon because he's not going to be in Denver. Um, so my struggle with this is is trying to look at what Sean Payton does. Like this would be like all these other teams, prime spot for a quarterback, obviously, because they're getting rid of theirs. But Sean Payton's career so far has been veteran quarterbacks helping him get where he wants to go. So my my thought process in making this pick is they're going to target one of the vets that's out there, you know, Kirk Cousins or, or one of these other guys. They'll figure out the cap. I'm not a cap specialist i'm just making the pick so i'm gonna go with what they do need which is they need some defensive line help i mean they've got some aging guys i don't love what they have i'm going with my favorite interior defensive lineman that could be in and out jerzon newton from illinois i think the way that they they could use him you know he can play five tech he can do a seven tech like you can kind of shift him around he's got that in between size where he's not really truly just an inside guy he's got enough burst to play on the edge i think the way that Peyton's defense runs, this guy could be really fun for this defense. Um, I don't like it because I really wanted Newton to fall to Detroit because I think Detroit needs more defensive line help, but I got to take him here. Uh, they could use offensive line help too. I don't like Garrett Bowles, but Amarius Mims going there kind of button hooked the direction I was going. Those were the two guys I was kind of wrestling between with this Denver pick. So give me Drazon Newton and, uh, and I hope it doesn't work out for Sean Payton because I want a new coaching staff there soon. Uh, Paul, we had a nice conversation about Mr. Newton on the phone the other day, and I almost, I almost sent the card to Paul. I was hoping he would he falls two more spots there. I, I was telepathizing the the pick to Paul there. Didn't work out. Brad snipes him. Paul, you had a nice comp for Newton uh, the other day. Who does he remind you of? He he's got a ways to go, but he reminds me of Warren Sapp coming out of Miami. He's that inside guy that's going to give you pass rush and you know collapse the pocket. And I also think he'll he'll be a hustle player too. So that's what that's what I think of when I see him. Paul has all the takes tonight. I love it. All right. Miranda, back on the clock here. Seattle. Pacific Northwest here. Could make the playoffs this week. So we'll see if they're picking 15th uh, this time next week. But uh, what, what are we looking at here in Seattle? So this is another, you know, little iffy, kind of weird stuff, a little bit of a roller coaster ride in Seattle. 
you know, you kind of get a, I personally, I get a little high on them. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, I did it again, fell for it. Whatever. I, at one week I want Pete Carroll gone more so last season, but I, I just can't get a total read on them. They've invested a lot in their secondary in the last couple of years, between drafts and trades, free agency, what have you. So I think they need to secure the edge a little bit more. And thankfully, Shane did not take my guy, even though we mentioned his name for New Orleans. And so I'm going to go ahead and take Chop Robinson uh, for the Seahawks. All right. They certainly need it. I agree with you. Shane, what do you what do you think about Chop there from Penn State? It feels like a Seahawks pick. I, I, I like that from Miranda, right? Like it feels like something they do, uh, take that super athlete. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe uh, it, it, you know, other teams might have other edge rushers higher. But I think Chop Robinson, when he was on the field this year, I mean, he was a difference maker. We saw it in the Michigan game. Um, so I, I like that pick. I think it is a good fit. And, that yeah, that front seven of Seattle needs a ton of help. Seattle's also good about missing on edge rushers too, though, right? I mean, how much high draft capital they've taken. It would scare me, them taking Chop, because then I would go, oh, let's hope he's not a bust, because I really do like him. (laughs) All right, now to the most important pick of the first round. Obviously, pick 16, the Cincinnati Bengals. Paul, I bequeath this to you. Don't mess it up. Okay, well. Quarterback. I think. No, <laughs> no, we're not, no, we're gonna, we're we're all set there. Um, I, I'm still really nervous about the wide receiver core. In, in my in my sleep, Brian, I still have these nightmares, like last year when all of a sudden, which safety are the Bengals gonna pay to keep in town? And it ends up the answer ends up being neither. Both their starting safeties are gone. I still think we're looking at a real issue down the road a year or two from now in their wide receiver group. So I'm gonna go kind of near the wide receiver group, and I'm gonna say, let's take Brock Bowers from Georgia, a move tight end. Not an inline tight end, but they got Drew Sample to block. And actually, Brian, I was surprised the last month or so, Drew Sample's catching three, four balls a game. But anyway, I think Brock Bowers will give them the weapon that they were hoping that Irvin Smith would give them, and it ain't happening. So that roster spot, I bequeath to Brock Bowers. I love it. Right. I mean, I'm not going to argue with Brock Bowers. An offensive weapon, a game changer at the position, would be a tight end the Bengals haven't had on their roster ever. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, going back to the '80s, maybe. I mean, it's it's they've never had a weapon like that at tight end. I will say this: the board way the board has fallen. I would have ran the card up for Malik Neighbors. <laughs> Especially if both wide receivers have walked. But there, I, there's no way Malik Neighbors, I think, is on the board at pick 16. So it is what it is. He's going to have to come off the board here pretty soon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Brock Bowers, great pick. 
I also would have considered Talise Fuaga, the offensive tackle from Oregon State. Jonah Williams probably going to walk in free agency. Jerzon Newton would have been, I think, a great pick there if he was already gone. So, yeah, but Brock Bowers, love the pick. Uh, not going to argue that one at all. All right, Miranda. Arizona has already taken Marvin Harrison Jr. at pick four. You're back on the clock with the Cardinals here at pick 17. They acquired this pick from the Houston Texans when they traded down in last year's first round. Houston moving up to get Will Anderson. Arizona moving back to get Paris Johnson. So where does Arizona go here, pick 17, with the Texans pick? So if they were still kind of in that top five, maybe even top 10 spot, and I didn't get Harrison Jr., I probably would have taken taken somebody to protect Murray a little bit more. But we also can't ignore their defense. And I feel like I said this last year. I'm like, what don't they need help with? They need a lot of things. Um, their secondary, if, if it's not the very bottom, it's somewhere pretty damn close. And I think they could uh, upgrade their cornerback room. So now I have to make a decision on who. I'm going to go Terry and Arnold's cornerback out of Alabama. Go with the go with the saving boy. Yep. Right. Terry and Arnold have been rising up draft boards here lately. Uh, Shane, is, is Arnold cornerback two for you, or do you like somebody else maybe here? Uh, you know, I – I, I like someone else, but I, th- I think it, I think it like Miranda said, it's a big jumble kind of mess. I think it's going to be team preference here. I mean, I like Cooper DeGene, uh still out of Iowa. If he ends up declaring, um, I you know I think Terry and Arnold is definitely in that conversation. You know, I like Quinion Mitchell. We talked about on the show before uh, from Toledo. So yeah, I, I, I you know I think I struggle with Terry and Arnold because he did get picked on. A little bit because teams shied away from Kool-Aid McKinstry, but it led to a lot of big plays. Terran Arnold made some big plays. And honestly, Arizona kind of needs that. They need they need someone that can, you know, intercept the ball and, and make create some turnovers here. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane Tommy in the chat. Are the Steelers looking at corner? Because that's where we're going now. The last non-playoff pick here is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where are you going with your with your guys here, Shane? I mean, I think the Steelers definitely would look at corner. It's a huge need for the team. So I think the guys I mentioned are in play for the Steelers. They definitely could use an inside linebacker. I don't think there's one worth taking in the first round at this point. Uh, but, you know, Landon Roberts as your linebacker one is not great when you need two of them. Um, but I'm going to go a little bit off the board. Uh, probably not a pick that gets made for the Steelers a lot. I'm going to take Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver for LSU here. Deontay Johnson's going to be a free agent in a year, really outside of Johnson and Pickens. I mean, what do the Steelers have a wide receiver? I have nothing. Jack. You know, so you can meet Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Calvin the- Austin's disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, he, that's – he should be on the field. I mean, they – you know, they, they were tossing passes to Gunnar Olszewski at the beginning of the year, so uh, it, it's not helping. So you can put Neighbors the outside, put Deontay Johnson in the slot, let Johnson go in a year, and you have Malik Neighbors and George Pickens, two guys that can get down the field. That You have know, Neighbors for the yak and the screens, and you have Pickens for the deep shots. I think it would be a balance. If they want to stick with Kenny Pickett, I think you got to give him every opportunity to, to try and do something because it's not working right now. Can I do this? Can I throw in something here on that? 
I love Jefferson. I love Jefferson. I love a lot of the LSU wide ex LSU wide receivers. After watching Malik Neighbors this year, I think he could be the next Justin Jefferson in the NFL. I think he's closer think he's to Marvin actually, Harrison than he is wide receiver three. You know, I, I think it's that big of a gap. I mean, my my thought is like I said at the Bengals pick, I don't think Neighbors is anywhere near the board here at 18. But if he is, this is definitely a stealer move where they are BPA, generally speaking, right? And Neighbors would far and away be best player available uh, on the board. So I like it. All right, Miranda, the pack, pick 19 in the playoffs right now, right? Um yeah. What, what, are you, what are you feeling here? Oh, I'm ready for Sunday. And uh, life, the life of Mary podcast, pulling for you here at Miranda, pulling for the pack. Oh, thanks, Mayor. So uh, what, what, what are we doing here in Green Bay? Pick 19. I'm going to go defense. And I say this <laughs> with no respect towards Joe Barry. He should not be our defensive coordinator. After this Sunday, I don't care if we have the best defensive performance. He is not our long-term solution, and we've been bamboozled by him for years. So anyways, with that being said, our secondary is very confusing. We're at a, a bit of a crossroads, I feel like, right now. We've had issues. Obviously, Stokes has been out for what seems like 15 years. Savage takes us on a ride every time he's in. Jair's got issues whatever attitude or whatever they're saying, Rasul was traded. So I am looking at that secondary because Green Bay does like those physical, if we play man to man, which obviously helps, which we don't do enough of. Um, I'm going to go Cooper DeGene, um, cornerback out of Iowa. I think he can do it all. Uh, he can line up in so many different areas and that's, kind of what we have going right now with a lot of our guys with like Rudy Ford and Valentine and Valentine. They're all kind of just piecemealing things together by the week. So I think kind of just adding to that, maybe we'll kind of figure out what really works for us. A whole lot to like about Cooper DeGene. Paul, you like that pick? You like that versatility from Cooper DeGene and gives you the punt return ability as well. Yeah, he does. You know what? I, I'm not thrilled with it because I'm not, in general, I'm not thrilled with Iowa players. Oh. Iowa players are maxed out on their potential by the time they get to the NFL. That Ference and his staff just coach, 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 coach some more. And if you look at it, a lot of their guys, you know, the guys are a little bit older in general and – they aren't going to test real great when we get to the combine, and they just end up. Being what? Kind <laughs> I think of, you said what you said is the opposite of Cooper DeGene, right? Thirty-year player, he's going to be one of the fastest players at the combine. Well, if, if he's coming back from his injury, a hundred percent, you know. But yeah, I fine. just, I just am always leery of Iowa players. If if I had an NFL team, I'm never drafting a guy from Iowa. And I'm not dry, I'm not drafting Vermeer from Alabama because Nick Saban uses his players up. Not even a tight end from Iowa, Paul. No, just in my fantasy league. <laughs> See, I, I, 
I might, I might allow that if you're talking about like an Iowa offensive lineman or something, but Iowa skill players tend to test very well. Like, not Penn State well, but they tend to test very well. I, I don't know. I like Cooper Sheen. I like the pick. All right, Brad, you're up now. Tampa Bay on the clock, pick 20. I'm I'm going in with the preface that I believe in Baker Mayfield, and I think they resign him and give him a little bit more run. Uh, I think he's done well in this in this scheme. He's led this team uh, well, and they seem to like him. Uh, so I'm going to focus on the defensive side. I mean, if Malik Neighbors would have been here, that would have been the pick. Even though they don't need receiver help, you know, they never seem to be afraid to take another receiver in the draft. They love their receivers, uh, but. Braylon Trice is still sitting here, and he feels like a Tampa Bay edge-setting kind of pass-rushing type guy. With Shaq Barrett getting older, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go there and see how he fits. Plus, Tampa Bay isn't afraid to draft Washington defenders. They they seem to be okay with defensive players from Washington. So, give That's me Braylon true. Trice. He's big. He's got a nice. He's got. I think he's got good ability setting the edge and yep. in the run defensive side of things, which they need. So, give me Braylon Trice. Shane, I know we scout the player, not the helmet, but, you know, J- Joe Tryon is the butt of our joke at the end of every podcast here. So it has not worked out for Tampa Bay. Uh, you like Braylon Trice, though? I, I do. I think it's a good pick. I think Brad uh, nailed, the, you know, nailed it on the head. Braylon Trice fits this defense well. They really need that outside pressure. I mean, he is strong. He, I love the arm length. I think we saw it against Texas. He, he abused Christian Jones when they went up against each other in that game. And I, I think it made him a lot of money maybe up to this point. Yeah, hope we see that uh, in the senior bowl. So I got a feeling Trice might, might end up getting that invite here. Or has already gotten the invite, but might end up accepting here between now and uh, senior bowl time. So good Hopefully, we'll see Trice down. Shane, we don't have the Raz scores yet for anybody, but I think you can take a guess on who's going to be eight-plus Raz here for the Indianapolis Colts pick at 21. Yeah, I, I, I can take a little guess. Uh, look, I think the Colts here need secondary help. Uh, that's probably the worst part of the defense. Again, I think there's some fine value at corner. I, I don't think it's tremendous. and I think it's a deep class. Um, the, the other spot where they need some help, I think it's receiver. I think Shane Streichen, like we saw with the Eagles, likes to really have two number one guys. They have Josh Downs in the slot who played well. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is the stud. Alec Pierce does not fit this offense. You know, this is not the offense for him. He was drafted to a very different offense. So let's take that that green Raz guy, Brian. The 21, the Indianapolis Colts was like Romeo Adunze wide receiver out of Washington. And uh, I think this is the, you know, D- Devonta Smith, right? This is kind of drafting that athletic, fast, smaller receiver to compliment Michael Pittman and really give Anthony Richardson everything he needs to be successful. I love Roma Dunze. I've had him at times as high as second on my wide receiver board. He's third there right now. He's the third wide receiver off the board here. Yeah, this is a great pick. Great fit for the Colts. Uh, we'll open that offense up. He's going to test very well, like you said. And that's a requirement to get drafted by the Colts. If you're new to the show and you've never watched our live stream of the draft we've done the last two years, the Colts have not drafted. Was it 8.3 was the lowest yep. uh, Raz they've drafted in the last two years? Is that right, Shane? Yes. So, I mean, they're good. they draft athletes. Plain and simple. And it's got them in the playoffs right now, even without their quarterback that they drafted. 
this year. They've got they've got Gardner Minshew's got them in the playoffs because of all the athleticism and uh, talent around him. So they've done a great job of drafting here lately. Love the pick of Adunze to the Colts. Paul, you're up now. Jacksonville, pick 22. Yeah, you know, tough team in the sense that they need they need something, and some days I'm not sure what they need. Uh, but you threw me a little bit here because Roma Dunze would have been my pick for them. Um, by the way, my comp for him is he's going to be the next Devante Adams. Um, I'm going to say that we're going to give them a wide receiver. And I think we're going to go Shane. We're going to go with Emeka Egbuka from Ohio State. All right, Shane, you're an Ohio State guy here. This is your guy, Egbuka. Chance, he might not actually be in this class, right? Yeah, strong rumors that he might return to school along with Trayvon Henderson and a number of Ohio State players. We'll see if it Tyreek happens. Williams uh, already announced today that he was coming back. He's going back. So, but I, I would like the fit. I, I think uh, I think he profiles similarly to what they've been doing with Christian Kirk and uh, you know adding Agbuka to Kirk and Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram. Uh, I mean this and Trevor Lawrence. I mean this would be, be an exciting offense if they went this direction. All right, Brad, you're up now. This, if it goes down, would be the first Los Angeles Rams first-round pick since 2016 when they <laughs> drafted Jared Goff first overall. I've not had a first-round pick since. I joked with somebody today. I just thought it would be hilarious if they traded out of the first round, to be honest. I mean, that's kind of what I'm rooting for. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me with as much as they need to kind of refill the depth and rebuild in some areas. It'd be smart for them to trade down if they could, if there was somebody that wanted to jump up here. But if this board falls similar to this, I don't know if there's really a guy that somebody would really want to jump up for other than Bo Nix. I mean, if you need a quarterback and you didn't take one early in round one, you could jump here to get him. Um, I would have taken Bo Nix, but their offensive line is just not good. I mean, they've got a couple of pieces that they can build around. And with Talese Fuaga from Oregon State there sitting go. there, I, I'm going to go with him because he's big, he's powerful. Uh, I think he gives them something that they don't have, which is just a nasty offensive lineman. I mean, this dude's just – I mean, if he was a little smaller, I'd say he's a, a Penny Sewell type guy. Like, he's going to come in and be a leader on that offensive line from day one, and they need that. Uh, but they also will need a quarterback soon. I mean, Matthew Stafford's broken everything in his career. Uh, I had, as well as records, all the bones, uh, and he's not getting any younger, but I'm going offensive line here. Yep. Good one. Yep. So, uh, so, uh, you looking forward to seeing him in the one-on-ones down at the senior bowl? Yeah. It's going to be fun. All right. Thank, thanks for that, that rousing input there, Paul. All right. Buffalo up now, pick 24. Shane, you're on the clock with the Bills. What, what, are, what are we looking for here? Yeah, similar to my last two picks, Colts, Steelers. I think the Bills get some of the the uh, corner receiver. You know, I think they need some of those kind of explosive playmakers on both sides of the ball. Um, I don't love the receiver choices for them at this point with who's been picked. So I'm going to move to the cornerback position. You know, 
They they got Rizzle Douglas. They have Teron Johnson. Um, it, it's pretty barren past that, and we've seen Christian Benford and Dane Jackson be okay. But the, the Bills need to compete with some of these high flying offenses in the AFC. So I'm going to take Quinion Mitchell, the cornerback out of Toledo. Uh, I, I'm a big fan. I think he's going to have a tremendous off season, and the, the you know the size length, athleticism, it's all there. If he was playing in the SEC, I think he'd be a top 10 pick. Mitchell's going to be another one that's currently slated to go to the Senior Bowl. A big week down there, I mean, could push him higher than 24, right? I mean, you could push him up into that range where DeGene got drafted, where Terry and Arnold got drafted. I mean, we could see a big rise from him once, once the world sees him for what he is as a player outside of the Mac, and you're going to see him against these SEC and Big Ten wide receivers all week long. It's going to be a big showcase for him down here in Mobile. Uh, looking forward to seeing him there. Uh, big, big chance for Quinion Mitchell. All right, Miranda, you're up now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we got Rasheed Rice, I guess, as a wide receiver. Right, but uh, we're we're lacking there. Otherwhere else, um, I don't know if that's where you're going here, but definitely could be a spot they look. You know, because uh, you know the receivers kind of fell a little bit more. You know, maybe two or three more had been taken. I would jump over to the defense, maybe a defensive lineman, but I I, I don't know. Patrick's struggling out there. Uh, they need some sort of. They need help. They need somebody, they need fresh blood out there with him. And like you said, with Rice, and I, I don't know what they're going to do with Tony and company, but uh, let's go give me wide receiver Keon Coleman out of FSU. Keon Coleman of Florida State, another one going to be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, no, he is not announced. I'm sorry, no. he is not announced for the Senior Bowl. Uh, he declared for the draft. Uh, Shane, you have some issues with Keon Coleman's game, right? Talk about that. I, you know, I, I just think he he had that big game against LSU at the beginning of the season. Everyone's like, you know, everyone loved him in Michigan State because he's big, he's athletic, and he had this big game. Like, wow, Keon Coleman's great. And then, man, he's had these quiet games where he did nothing and couldn't get separation. Um, but the upside is there. I mean, but that feels like a Chiefs pick, like. They, they take chances on these type of receivers where it hasn't really worked out for them outside of Rasheed Rice. Um, so I'll be interested to see. But I think Coleman, when I see him in some mock drafts going 10, 15, like, I think it's too high. I think it's 25 to 32 range is much better. Cool. There you go. All right, Brandon, back to back here. You're here with the Eagles now at pick 26. Um, yeah, so the Eagles are – they their defense has obviously kind of had a little tumultuous run here. You know, we got Matt Patricia calling plays and I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> um they're they need to reload their secondary. They've been riddled with injuries and I, I'm shocked that he's still on the board in own it in a way. Um, so I'm actually, I had somebody else in mind, but I'm actually going to take Nate Wiggins, uh, cornerback. Hey, good job. Thank you. How dare you? <laughs> oh, no. I literally wrote him down for Detroit. I was like, oh, nobody's going to take oh. him right now. He is so fast. Brad, what do you like about Nate Wiggins? Well, I mean, he's 
like Paul said, he's fast, but he's fluid. He's a willing hitter. Uh, at 6'2", he's got speed of a guy who's probably a couple inches shorter. I mean, he's going to – he should test off the charts. I mean, he should be probably one of the faster corners in this class. And he's just – the thing that I like about him is that he is so willing to come up and run defense. And he'll – he may not be the best tackler, right, but he's definitely a very willing tackler. And I think that teams are going to fall in love with that throughout the process, when they at least when they watch the film. Clemson hasn't been super exciting to watch on defense the last couple of years, but he's been fun. Yep, there you go. All right, Brad, you are now on the clock with the Detroit Lions at pick 27. You should be at pick 31 here with the Detroit Lions, if we're going to be honest. But, hey. 32. We, that's all right. Well, Baltimore would still be projected to have 32. <laughs> but, anyhow, yeah. Detroit Detroit here picking 27th. Uh, you, you were looking at corner with Wiggins. Is that that's now off the board, I presume? No, I mean, I'll just go to my other corner. I mean, it, it really came down to two. Um I just like Nate, Nate Wiggins better. I'm going to go Kamari Lasseter from Georgia. I think he, you know, I, I wanted, I would have wanted them to get a little bit bigger. You know, he's, I think, right around six foot, probably is about where, where they're going to measure him at. Uh, but he, he brings a lot of the same traits, you know, and, and that's their biggest issue is they need a outside corner to go across from Sutton. I mean, when you watch Sutton this year, they've tried to put him on all the best receivers and it's not working. I mean, Sutton is a good corner, but he's more of like a good number two corner where they need somebody who's mm-hmm. really, you don't want to say lockdown because that's really hard to do these days. I mean, you're not getting Sauce Gardner every year. But uh, I think Lassiter, uh, I would have loved to take Tyler Newbin, but he's more of a safety. I think you would probably look at him a little bit differently, and we need a corner on the outside. So give me Lassiter. I don't love it because I want Nate Wiggins, but Miranda just broke my heart, so whatever. He was my he was my other one. So. <laughs> Shane, that's the sixth corner that's gone in round one. Does that number surprise you at all? No, I, I think it could happen. Uh, when you get you have a passing league, this first round is going to be chock full of receivers and corners. Uh, that's how the NFL is right now, and that's how college football is. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we've had five wide receivers now, six corners go. Shane, uh, you're up now. The Houston Texans uh, don't have their own pick, but they have the Cleveland Browns pick, which is currently sitting here at 28. So Texans, they they got one right with C.J. Stroud. They hit a home run. In the, they hit two home runs in the first round with Stroud and Will Anderson last year. They hit a home run with Tank Dell in the third round at wide receiver. Um. We've got Nico Collins there as well. I know I think you like receiver here, but is that is that well dry? It's not, but I think Nico Collins' emergence uh, makes me question a little bit. Also hit maybe a home run with Juice Scruggs in the second round. Too. Right. I mean, right. this draft was good by the Texans. You have to give them props. Um, uh, so I'm kind of between receiver. I want to help C.J. Stroud. I think – between uh, getting another outside receiver, you know, Noah Brown's going to be a free agent. He's had some good games, but he's not a starter. Uh, or even addressing the right side of the offensive line. It's a couple offensive linemen I think should be off the board, but maybe isn't a great fit for this zone blocking scheme. So I am going to go receiver. I'm gonna, and I'm not going to go with my highest rated receiver left, but I'm going to go with a guy I think is going to go higher than I think he should, and that's Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver at LSU. Oh. Pair Nico Collins with another big outside receiver. You have Tank Dell that you can move around in the slot in different positions. Uh, I think it makes could make this offense 
really dangerous for the Houston Texans. I mean, Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors was tremendous. Brian Thomas, I think the NFL is going to really like the size, athleticism, and range that he has. Thomas Jr. declared for the draft, I think, today, if I'm not mistaken. So his touch, no, was it 19 touchdowns this year or something like 18 or 19 touchdowns this year? Uh, most in an LSU season since 2019 when uh, Jamar Chase and uh, was it Terrence Marshall that year or whatever, both went over like 20 touchdowns or something. It was some yeah. insane number. Yeah, Thomas led, led the nation in receiving touchdowns. Yeah, so. touchdowns. So, yeah, highly productive player. Testing will probably be important for him, whether you see his uh, name come out in round one or not. Uh I don't know if he's going to go in round one now, so i got to ask you, uh, I assume Xavier Worthy was that receiver that you had over Thomas? I actually have two. Uh, Xavier Worthy's one because of the speed, and Troy Franklin from Oregon's the other one, yeah. I think, uh, is moving up board. So uh, th this offseason will be fun to figure out these receivers. Always, always. All right. Miranda, you're back on the clock now with your adopted second favorite team after last weekend, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, pick, pick 29 now, and uh, what are we looking for here for Mike McDaniel and, and, that, and that crew? So, look, their interior offensive line is it's pretty – that's probably their biggest need at this point. Their defense has its problems, but they also have a lot of injuries there. Um, there's somebody who I have as my first choice here that is still available on the board. So let's go Patrick Paul, the offensive tackle out of Houston. Okay. We see what Tua can do when he's, you know, when he has the time and the mobility. And I think that, that shows up a few problems there. Patrick Paul is another one that's going to be at the senior bowl with a chance to get in this bottom of the first round range. You mentioned the interior offensive line there. Guy I would have liked in this spot maybe is uh, Kansas State's Cooper Beebe. Oh, uh, I want him so bad on the pack. Brad's shushing over there. Not, where, not okay. Well, I was going to ask you where because, like, I've seen a lot of, like, oh, he's going to go in, like, second or third round. But, like, then you see him playing the other night and – I don't Cooper, Cooper BB is going to go anywhere from 22 to 35. It's going to be in that range. Shane, that sound about right to you? It, it does. I, but I do think there are a lot of offensive linemen, like, you know, Troy Fatanu from Washington, Patrick Paul, Tyler Guyton. Like, there's a lot of offensive linemen in that range. So someone's getting pushed down the board. Right. It could be BB. You know, we'll see. Yep. All right. Dallas Cowboys up now. Oh, you're on the board here with the boys. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? I Pick hate 30. Jerry Jones and this team. I want you to know that. Well, well I, I'm tempted to give him the crappiest player from round well, three. Well, Paul, Paul, let's let's put our biases aside now. Yeah, you, you don't see me being biased on this show ever. Okay, what they really need, I won't do. They need a running back really bad. They screwed up when they just got rid of Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, so um, I am going to say that a guy I really like 
and it may be too high, but I love his potential. I love his athleticism. And the Dallas Cowboys can never have enough rushing defenders. I take Chris Braswell from Alabama. I, I have been asked about Chris Braswell a lot on radio spots here locally. I think he, if Bama gets four in the first round, I think Braswell is that fourth. So I like it. Shane, I know you're a big, big Braswell guy. Is uh, 32 high here? Is this about right? No, I, I think it's about right. Uh, you know, Edge is probably a position that you know we. I guess we've had a decent amount. We've had six. Um, that you know that usually you see in the back end of round one, teams start taking that chance. I think Braswell's had that production, so I'm with Paul. I'm a fan. I like it. All right, Paul, back up here, San Francisco. Uh, pick thirty-one here for the 49ers. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at what we've got left and. I see some real glaring potential holes in that 49ers offensive line. And Trent Williams is not going to play forever. I think, I think we're starting to see him miss two games for this little injury and three games for this. Um, so I am going to take a, I'm going to take a good look at this and I'm going to say, I like Troy Fatanu. They can try him a tackle. I know he's not as tall as people would like, but I'm hearing that he's got nice long arms. And if he doesn't work a tackle, you can slide him right inside and he can replace Burford at, at the guard position. So Troy Fatanu. Fatanu is going to be at the senior bowl as of right now, Shane. That that uh way in gonna be big for him. Yeah, I, I think you wanna you wanna have, see a little more height. Hopefully, he's taller than six four would be ideal. But if there's a if there's a place where he could be successful, it probably is the 49ers in that Shanahan blocking scheme. We don't if you have the long arms, you don't necessarily need to have be six 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 seven to be successful. There you go. All right, Brad, finish us out here. Round one, the Baltimore Ravens pick thirty two. Let's close it out. So I was shushing it because I was hoping Cooper Beebe would fall to this spot. Uh, I think with what Baltimore could use, uh, they need interior linemen. I, I don't want to say they need it, but it's definitely going to be something that they could use an improvement on. With a team that's projected to go to the Super Bowl, has such strong weapons, has such a good defense. I mean, you could look a few different ways, but I don't love what they do on the interior currently. BB fixes that very quickly. I mean, this is the immovable force. I mean, this guy's strong. I mean, I've seen so many people write write pieces about just how his grip. So once he gets his hands on those defensive linemen, they're just they just can't get away from him. I mean, he's just so strong and so hard to get by. So I think this would be a great pick for them because he is he fits kind of how they look at their interior guys. I would have loved for them to go get a guy from Michigan and Zach Zinter, but the injury I think is going to push him significantly further down the draft board. So give me Cooper BB here and, uh, and let's keep Lamar upright. Hey, listen, I, I, I'm never going to knock my Wisconsin boys, but the guard that plays currently for the Ravens and starts is going to be 34 years old when next season starts. Mm -hmm. Might be an easy slide in and save some money on top of it. If it wasn't the Ravens, Shane, would you would you consider Von Prahn here the Georgia 
interior offensive lineman over BB, but obviously that's probably not a fit with Baltimore having Linderbaum entrenched. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it just depends on Timmy. I think BB's uh, a good pick here. You, you could even consider Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon, the same thing. With Linderbaum, I think it makes those two moot. I think it's a much better pick uh, than Brad made. Yeah, I, I love Cooper BB. Had absolutely nothing to play for in that uh, Pop-Tarts Bowl there, but was completely mauling NC State defenders the entire game. So it was, it was really fun to watch. All right, everybody. That's the first round. One round. Hour and 20 minutes here of the, our staff mock 1.0. I'm going to quickly go through the picks here. Pick one, Chicago, Caleb Williams, quarterback, Southern Cal, Washington. Pick two, Jade Daniels, quarterback, LSU, New England. Pick three, Joe Alt, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. Pick four, Arizona, Marvin Harrison, Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State. Five, New York Giants, Drake May, quarterback, North Carolina. Six, Chargers, Laitu, Laitu, edge rusher, UCLA. Seven, Tennessee, Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle, Penn State. Eight, New York Jets, J.C. Latham. Offensive tackle, Alabama. Nine, Atlanta. Michael Penix, Jr., quarterback, Washington. Ten, Chicago. Dallas Turner, edge rusher, Alabama. Eleven, Raiders. Kool-Aid McKinstry, corner, Alabama. Twelve, Minnesota. Jared Burst, edge, Florida State. Thirteen, New Orleans. Darius Mims, offensive tackle, Georgia. Fourteen, Denver. Jerzon Newton, defensive line, Illinois. Fifteen, Seattle. Chop Robinson, edge rusher, Penn State. Sixteen, Bengals. Brock Bowers, tight end, Georgia. Seventeen, Arizona. Terry and Arnold. Corner, Alabama. 18, Pittsburgh. Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU. 19, Green Bay. Cooper DeGene, corner, Iowa. 20, Tampa Bay. Braylon Trice, edge, Washington. 21, Indianapolis. Roma Dunze, wide receiver, Washington. 22, Jacksonville. Emeka Egbuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. 23, Rams. Talese Fuaga, offensive tackle, Oregon State. 24, Buffalo. Quinion Mitchell, corner, Toledo. 25, Kansas City. Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. 26, Philadelphia, uh, Wiggins, corner, Clemson. 27, Detroit, Kamari Lassiter, corner, Georgia. 28, Houston, Brian Thomas, Jr., wide receiver, LSU. 29, Dolphins, Patrick Paul, offensive tackle, Houston. 30, Dallas, Chris Braswell, edge rusher, Alabama. 31, San Francisco, Troy Fatanu, offensive tackle, Washington. And 32, Baltimore, Cooper BB, interior offensive line, Kansas State. Miranda has already ducked out before we could say goodbye, but Miranda, you listen to this later. Thanks for being on tonight. Uh, always fun. Brad, enjoyed it tonight, man. Have fun chopping this baby up uh, this week <laughs> for, for the YouTube and the Instagram there. Uh, thanks for coming on tonight, Brad. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys, as always. And, uh, well, I'll see you when I chop you up. There you go. See you, Brad. Paul? Yo. It's been fun, my man. Thanks for being on tonight, and uh, I guess I'll see you face-to-face here in about four weeks down in uh, good old Mobile, Alabama. That's sure. I'm planning on it. Hey, can't wait to see you, buddy. We'll see, we'll see you then. Take care, guys. All right, Shane, that's going to do it for Staff Mock 1.0. How you feel about everything that uh, happened there? Anything that uh, – Surprised that didn't happen here. No, no running backs, no safeties in round one. Yeah, it didn't surprise me too much. I was looking at my board after. I was like, I think we did pretty good. Like, I, I just, I think there'll be a, maybe a couple more receivers. I, I, I do think Xavier Worthy, if he runs a four-three flat, someone's gonna take him, right? You know, somewhere. But 
Uh, I think it's actually a pretty good first mock for how things are looking right now and not knowing who's going back to school. We still have a couple guys that we took that might, you know, might go back. Yeah, only uh, only one interior defensive lineman taken. That was uh, Jazan Newton, and I don't disagree with that either. I, I'm not even sure at this point who the number two defensive tackle is in this class. I mean, maybe yeah. it's Mason Smith, but he hasn't declared yet, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, good call. That yeah, that's kind of interesting because I think we stacked the first round with a couple of those guys four or five months ago, and now it's, yeah, it's kind of it's barren. like we, we we don't know. How that's going to shake out, and the third quarterback, uh, the, sorry, the fifth quarterback, you know, Bo Nix didn't get in there. You know, we'll see how that goes uh, as well. So, all right. So, final thoughts on everything we've talked about tonight, and anything we got coming up here. You had a seven round mock uh, this week. I did. I had a seven round mock on Monday, uh, which you know, I, I, like like we, you mentioned, I got some razz for not updating the order on Sunday night uh, immediately before publication. Uh, but, you know, we're going to finalize the top of this order after this week, right? Then I'll play yeah. teams. Then we won't we have to worry about that anymore. It doesn't matter too much where the playoff teams are picking. So, uh, you know, it, it's all good. But, no, the seven-round mock was fun. It was fun to predict who would kind of declare or not. I'm excited for – you know, ne next time to actually be past the deadline or right at it, so we'll know who's in the draft. Yeah, you should definitely have some clarity. And for those people wondering, the um, soft deadline for underclassmen to declare is Friday, and that's for ones who intend to play in an all-star game. So if they haven't declared by Friday, I don't know if they're ineligible to play in an all-star game, but that seems to be the quote-unquote soft deadline. And then um, – the official deadline, I think, is the 15th. Yeah. So so by the time your next mock draft goes up in a couple of weeks, we should have uh, pretty good clarity on who's in the draft and who's not. It's going up on the 15th, so it'll be, you know, it, it'll, it'll be pretty much there. And, and if anything, you can always just chop somebody out and just adjust for going there. But uh, all right, so that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Draft Countdown podcast and as always like if you came across this channel tonight on youtube because you saw a live mock draft well by god stay around subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell and uh be notified every time we go live each and every wednesday between now and the draft we're gonna have multiple senior bowl episodes we'll have multiple episodes where we have special guests on talking about the draft you're going to want to subscribe to the draft countdown youtube channel if you haven't already if you have if you would like to join our discord server by all means do so go to draftcountdown.com we have the top right corner of the search bar and there's a link to join the discord server and from there we'll talk we talk football we talk everything all the time on there it's a great place to come hang out with like-minded folk to uh discuss football if you're listening to this on the audio version of the platform well, it's going to take you a little while to get through it, but that's fine. But while you're there, be it on Apple Podcasts, be it on Spotify, go ahead and uh, give us a five-star review on that and share it out. Let everybody else know that Draft Countdown is the place to be. Whether you're a Pats fan or not, like Fred Perdue, uh, <laughs> you know you can come in and subscribe and join the channel. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter, at Shane P. Hallam. Follow Paul on Twitter, at Pigskin Paul. Maybe he'll block you. Maybe he won't. Follow Miranda on Twitter, at Murda She Wrote. That's M-I-R-D-A, She Wrote. 
and follow Brad Menendez on Twitter at RotoHeatBrad and follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And as always, go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your NFL draft needs. We're there all the time. For Shane, I'm Brian, and everybody else that joined us tonight. Good night, everybody.